بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ سنائی از دا ففت آف جولائی ان دا the illustrious and exalted life of the blessed companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and we're steadily going through the section in which we're taking a few of his blessed words of wisdom so the next subsection entitled the value of good company so the great Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu he said There is nothing more conclusive as a proof over something, nor smoke over that of fire, than the companion over the companion. SubhanAllah. This is recorded in Adab Ad-Dunya wa Ad-Deeb, page 167. So here, what was the great Ibn Mas'ud referring to, radiyallahu? He goes, this is a conclusive proof i.e. there is no doubt about it that you can judge a person by the company he keeps like we say in today's day and age he goes there is nothing more conclusive as a proof over something nor smoke over that of fire than the companion over the companion so he was highlighting the importance of keeping good company on another occasion This majestic man had said, radiyallahu, اِعْتِبَارُ النَّاسَ بِأَخْدَانِهِمْ فَإِنَّ الْمَرَعَدَ يُخَادِنُ إِلَّا مَنْ يُعْجِبْ Judge the individuals by their friends. For indeed a person only makes friends with the one whom he admires. Judge the individuals by their friends. For indeed a person only makes friends with the one whom he admires. This is recorded by Hafiz ibn Batta rahmatullahi in his Al-Ibana 2-478. So note now he's mentioning why you make acquaintances. And he goes, you make acquaintances only with those illa may yu'jib. The one who amazes you or the one whom you admire. And he goes, you can therefore judge a person by that. Why? Because you know what impresses him. How do you know what a person's worth is? By the company he keeps. How do you work that out? Because he's keeping the company, because he's impressed by the company of these people. He wants something that they've got. So if it's dunya, then you realize dunya is important to him. If it's akhirat, you realize akhirat is important to him. And it's very important to highlight that our beloved messenger famously said Man is upon the religion of his close companion. Hence, each of you should examine whom he takes as his close companion. This is recorded in Abu Dawood number 4833. And Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Hassan in As-Sahiha number 927. So a lot of people, they mistranslate this narration. They say man is upon the religion of his friend. 
The Prophet didn't say friend, sallallahu alayhi wa So obviously, famously, that is an attribute of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He's called Khalilullah, the one, the bosom friend, the intimate of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet was highlighting, you follow his religion. If you keep quality time with a person, فَلْيَنْزُرْ أَحَدُكُمْ مَنْ يُخَالِلْ Each of you should examine whom he takes as his khalil. Because you will ultimately follow his religion. Now religion here means way of life. So isn't that true? You talk like them. You might, you know, dress like them. You walk everything. That's become your way of life. So ultimately, how dangerous is it to keep bad company? You lose your deen. This is what the Prophet is saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Dush Shakik Al Balki, Rahmatullah, he advised in Abu Naim Al Hiliya, volume 8, page 77. Accompany the people as though you would accompany fire. Take its benefit whilst being cautious of it burning you. Oh, beautiful. Shakik Al Balki, he goes, treat people like fire. So, is there benefit in fire? Yes. Warmth, light, but does it harm you? Yes. He goes, treat people like that, meaning take the benefit and keep away from the harm. So, who was Shakik referring to? He was referring to not your Khalil, but people generally take the goodness from them and keep away from what could harm you. Whilst Malik ibn Dinar, he said, in Abu Nu'aym al-Hiliya, volume 6, page 248, every brother and associate in sitting and companion from whom you do not benefit from in your religion in terms of good, then discard from yourself his companionship. So Malik ibn Dinar, the great uh, saintly soul from the Salaf, he goes, Every person you associate in sitting, now he's talking about spending quality time, not your associates at work, for instance. Every brother and associate in sitting and companion from whom you do not benefit from in your religion in terms of good, discard your companionship from him. Now think about that. This takes effort. So obviously you got different levels of companionship. Just like the Prophet who was his intimates, those who were very close, Abu Bakr, Ten Promised Paradise, etc, etc. But then there was others and their companionship was less. And note how the Prophet always kept around him those who were the strongest. And that's the Prophet does he need good company? You know, if anybody could say, I don't need good company, it's the Prophet. And who did he have around him? Made sure he spent quality time with them. In fact, it was a divine command. What does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say in Surah An'am and Surah Al-Kaf? Do not drive away those who call upon their Lord morning and evening, seeking only his face. And one of them is Ibn Mas'ud. So the Prophet was told to stick with him, sallallahu alayhi wa And then they would make excuses to leave the presence of the Prophet, knowing that he needed to do his other duties, sallallahu alayhi wa so, note, this is also very important I, in terms of our deen, that you be harsh here in terms of the quality of company you keep. But like I mentioned, acquaintances, that's something else. 
There's actually a twitching report where one of the salaf, he was with a man and he had a very bad character. And he wasn't a, a he wasn't a, an intimate, he was a, just like an acquaintance. So it doesn't mention what bad characteristics he had, but he spent some time with him. And then when they parted, the salaf started to weep. So when somebody questioned him, he goes, aren't you happy you've left this company? <laughs> he goes, you know, he was... He is not very good company to keep. So he says, I'm weeping because I've parted with him. But his bad character has not parted from him. <laughs> so look at the way they were looking at things. He goes, I can separate from him. But can he separate from what he's got? So note, they were thinking deeply about matters. And note the beauty of this. He wasn't giving the impression to him that he doesn't want to keep his company. Right? So this is the Muslim. He never gives that impression. However... He's careful with the quality time he keeps with brothers and sisters. Linked to this is the sanctity of the Muslim. A man asked Ibn Mas'ud, I have a neighbor who consumes usury and he then invites us to have meals with him. Should we thus dine with him? So Ibn Mas'ud said, yes. This is in Behaki in his Sunan Al-Qubra 5-335, Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf 10-149. Look how strange this is. If I stopped and asked your, what do you think you would say to that? I would say, he'd say, of course not. Is he dealing with usually? And he invites you, you must be kidding. He's a war with Allah and his messenger. What did Ibn Masood say? Yes, go. So a person's less scratching his head thinking, ah, what does this mean? But the great Ibn Masood also said, avoid what troubles the heart, for there is sin in this. Avoid what troubles the heart, for there is sin in this. This is in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al Musannaf 12 208. So, what was he highlighting, the great Ibn Masood? He's highlighting the sanctity of the Muslim. We do not probe into the Muslims. We always find excuses for him. And yet, we do the complete opposite now. <laughs> right? You make you get private investigator now. You think, what the heck is happening here, brother? I've investigated this, brother. Have you? <laughs> Which sharia is this? And I found out, I don't want to know. <laughs> right? You know, just, you know, why don't you know, look and find fault with your own faults instead of looking at the faults of others? Why? So another example. This person just embraced Islam. So let me ask you a question. Does he know about dietary laws in Islam? As soon as he embraced Islam, the first thing he offers to the Prophet is meat. So Aisha radiyallahu she goes, Ya Rasulullah, he goes, he's just, he's just embraced Islam. The Prophet said, don't question the sanctity of the Muslim. Now think about it. What was the odds that that meat was halal? More than 90% you say it's not valid. But the Prophet goes, he's embraced Islam. Don't question it. Don't go into it. So what does that tell you? Are we truly honoring the sanctity of Muslims? You know, little example I can give. You go to a person's house and he puts some biscuits in front of you. Then what happens? What <laughs> do you think? These digestive biscuits, one of them's halal. I know, one of them's halal. I'm not sure which one it is. Just eat it, brother. 
So then he goes, no, brother, I'm keeping out of this. So are you thinking better the Muslim brother? Why don't you just think good? He knows he's got the halal one. But you can't help it. What happens as soon as he comes in? You go, brother, it is halal, these biscuits. <laughs> then you look how you're offending him. You've gone into his dwelling, he's put bait, and you ask him, what if he goes, well, since you've asked, no, it isn't. I offered you haram. <laughs> no, what's he going to say to you? So note again, don't go into this. Make, you know, make life complicated. Honor the Muslim. But what then did he say, Ibn Masood? Avoid what troubles the heart. Now what does that mean? It means if you don't want to eat, don't eat. Right? Don't make a big thing out of it. So if somebody just cup of tea, leave the biscuits. And if he asks you why are you eating biscuits, yeah, just, I don't, it's, mashallah, the tea is fantastic. But at the same time, don't question him about the biscuits. Go out the setting, then just generalize it. Say, well, there's digestive biscuits, there's one halal, one halal, which one is it? You know, then exam, which one do you get? That's how you, you know, you talk to your Muslim brothers and sisters. You go, this takeaway has got halal, haram food. And then if you genuinely made the investigation, how difficult have you made it for brothers and sisters? Imagine, I just wanted some fish and chips, chicken and chips, and now you're saying this, that, the other. Where shall I go now? Barnsley. Right? You got some, you know, good quality down there, mashallah. On another occasion, this majestic man had further clarified why one with Iman needs to be honored. Look what he said, Ibrahim Masood radiallahu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided your character amongst you as he divided your provisions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants wealth to whom he loves and to whom he does not. But he only grants iman to the one whom he loves. This is in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Tabarani, Hakim, Targheeb, Volume 3, page 95, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, Volume 10, page 90, stated Sahih, Hayat al-Sahaba, Volume 4, page 380 to 4 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani, Rahmatullah, stated Sahih in Sahih, in his checking of Al-Adab al-Mufrad, number 209. So why is this related to this? What did the great Ibn Masood say? Allah Ta'ala has given you your rizq, everybody knows this. But just like he's given you your rizq, some has more than others. He's divided your character. So some you notice have a better character than you. Allah has given him more of that. He gives wealth. Then what did he say? To whom he loves and the one he doesn't love. So wealth isn't a standard. Unfortunately, we will use it as a standard. You know, how quickly do people ask this question when you go to visit? So what are you up to nowadays, brother? Right? So what do you really want to know? What wage bracket are you in? Say, I'm on 50 grand a year. Are you put to the chase in it? Yeah, mashallah. Exactly. That's all. Like, you're still a loser. Like, stop for Imagine what you're asking. You just, I sweep the streets. What do you want me to say? Why do you want to know about my work? Right? Shall I show you my bank account? And then he goes, bank's halal. So Allah Ta'ala grants wealth to whom he loves and whom he doesn't. So wealth isn't a standard. The Prophet did say that my ummah will foolishly take wealth as a standard. Mm. Meaning, 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 I've told you not to do it, but you will still persist. Mm. Then what did he say? He only gives iman to the one he loves. There's the crunch. Mm. That's why you don't question the Muslim. Mm. Allah has loved him. You know he's loved him. Mm. Alhamdulillah, he's loved all of us. He's given his iman. Mm. 
Look at that pious priest. Right? That pious rabbi, if there's one. The pious humanist. So we should be so grateful. And you're questioning the one whom Allah loves. Allah chose him and you go, well, I'm going to question him. Right? So again, you know, what are you doing? You know, think about that. You, this is the sanctity of the Muslim. All praise and thanks be to our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for bestowing upon us the priceless gift of Iman. And we humbly beg him to keep us steadfast upon it throughout our entire lives. Amen. I mean, because you can lose your Iman. Somebody asked this question to me many moons ago. He goes, when Allah Ta'ala gives somebody Iman and he loses it, did you love him? <laughs> and then I said, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, it it, it ultimately the last state is what is determining. So if he leaves Iman, he loses Iman, he gets it back and he dies, Allah Ta'ala loved him. But if he dies without Iman, he didn't love him. Because he died without Iman. So the end state is what's important. You have to be steadfast. You need to guard your Iman. On the same theme, it mentions, and also there's another report, where the Prophet Wasallam said, that Allah Ta'ala gives health to people he loves and to people he doesn't love. Health. So if somebody's got an immaculate physique, does that mean Allah Ta'ala loves him? No. He might love him. If he's got a billion pounds in his bank account, does that mean he might love him? But if he's got Iman, you say 100% Allah Ta'ala loves him. 100%. On the same theme, it mentions in other blessed reports, like I said, the health. But even on health, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud gave a very stark warning. So this is for those who are, you call them, what do you call them, gym buffs. Those who live in gyms. What's the, what's the phrase? I don't know. Right? But anyway. In Abu Nu'im al-Hilya, number 275, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 387 of the New English Translation, Mundir and Abu Yahya al-Razi, rahimahumullah, they both relate. Some non-Arab chiefs came to see Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and the people were impressed by their muscular necks and glowing health. <laughs> so who were these people? They were non-Arabs. Another report said they were Romans. And Romans were unknown, you know, for their built, blonde hair, blue eyes, thick necks. So outwardly they look very handsome, you know, like healthy, thick necks, glow on their face. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu noticing this, he later said to the people, in this world, you will find that an unbeliever sometimes has a healthy body, but his heart is more sick. And when you look at a believer, you will discover that his heart is most healthy, but his body may be weak. Just open the report. Isn't that true? So what was he really saying? Are you judging by the outward? He goes, what's the point of having an immaculate body and your heart has gone to hell? Then you get another person, physically frail, you know, ill, looks physically ill, and yet he's strong of heart. Then he said, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you allow your heart to grow up diseased, whilst at the same time steering your focus to building healthier bodies, 
then you will certainly become an easier target of the divine retribution. Just as a dung beetle who is unable to escape from its food source. So what did he say? He goes, if you fall into this illness where you allow your iman to go to waste, and people do let the iman go to waste. Every Muslim has to guard his iman. Isn't that true? Or is there a place where we can go, we can chill out without iman remain? Show me that place. I'll be the first to go there. Your iman is either going up or down. There's no like, you know, like going to the gym and you put that pin in. I'm all right now. It's stuck. Like, show me that pin. Is either going up or down? He said, if you allow your iman to go disease, meaning your heart, but at the same time focusing to build healthier bodies, stop. How many Muslims in that category? You know, gym, whatever you call them. They live in gym. You might as well do that zikr with a gym, 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 gym. You know, might as well put that in as well, isn't it? And they got the earphones on. You know what they're listening to? Quran and Hadith. Right? And they're there. It's like a religion. You see it? Like, I'm in the zone now. Are you playing Salat? <laughs> what zone are you talking about? Even if a bum goes. You, you love that in Salat? Oh my goodness. I know the person who comes next to me. You know, you're showing you're more in the zone when you're doing your training. So what's that telling you? Ibn Masood said, you have now become a target. Now who's targeted you? Think about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does he miss the target? And you will not be able to escape from punishment just like the dung beetle can't escape its food source. Look at the way he's doing, you know, how eloquent is that? He chose them, you know, one of the most lowliest creations, dung beetle. What, what did they do? They rolled dung up. That's what they call dung. They're looking for, imagine, I don't know how, you know, what their life is, but what, what, what's its life? Its life is to roll dung, look for dung and roll it. And somebody goes to you, what's that? That, you're like that, Ibn Masood said. You're targeting Allah's wrath upon you. Hence, let those believers who are obsessed with building healthier bodies whilst at the same time neglecting the strength and effort that is needed to build one's Iman reflect deeply on the above blessed statement of this most exalted man. Look how amazing. If you go to the person, he said, look, brother, how many days do you go to the gym? And he gives you hours. He goes, I spent a good 15, 16 hours. I said, I said, days? And then he goes, oh, yes, I go five days a week. He goes, okay, five days a week. Why do you cut it down to four? He starts choking. What? I can't reduce it to four. And he goes, why? He goes, no, no, he goes, I'll allow that impact, impact. He goes, why don't you cut it down to three? Next minute, he'll tell, listen, man, there's something wrong with you. So what does that tell you? He knows He's got to put the hours in. You're telling him not to put the hours in. So how is he reacting? He's reacting with pure Iman. He goes, you're asking me to destroy all the effort. Then he goes, right. How much effort do you put into your Iman? Then he gives you that glazed look. What? Right? I'm just asking you know, how many hours. You said, oh, let's go to days in it. How many days do you spend on your Iman? What you want about, brother? There you go. You know you have to invest for health. And you don't realize you need to invest for your iman. Mm -hmm. Don't you realize that? 
What do you think you're just going to get Iman just sitting bike eating burgers and chips? Astaghfirullah. There appear to me many of these ignoramuses in today's day and age. For Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our complaint. Just to add this to finish. What did our beloved messenger famously say? You know, amazing statement. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at your wealth and your figures. He looks at your hearts and deeds. This is in Sayyid Muslim Ibn Majim Mishkat and many others. So what is the two things that Allah doesn't look at? Meaning he's not, it doesn't concern him. Your wealth, your bank account, <laughs> and your figures. He's not bothered if you've got a six-pike. Doesn't impress him. Whether your biceps are 20 inches, he's not, you know, he's not, he doesn't impress him. He's not interested. He looks at two things. What does he look at? Your heart and your deeds. These are the things. Now why does he look at the heart first? Because if you're doing deeds and you haven't got sincerity, that's not going to impress him. Sincerity, in line with the Sunnah which Ibn Masood said, then your deeds, he's looking at that. How many times does a person not want to exercise or go to the gym, but he literally forces himself? You see him, they're psyching themselves up. Oh, no, no. What's up, brother? Oh, you're going to slap me, slap me. Like, slap you. No problem. Right? And he goes, what, what you asking me to slap you? That's better I'm going there. We, we, we must you. No, go to the gym. Knowing full well that he has to look after his body. For if he wants to be in good shape, he has to sacrifice. However, when it comes to Iman, his efforts are lacking. For let alone forcing oneself. Forget about that. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't do it. Start slapping yourself. You think I'm mad. To go to gatherings that strengthen one's Iman, he does not even consider it important. Forget about that. He doesn't even consider it important. Brushing it aside with these excuses. I'm sure you've heard it. It's not further, is it, brother? <laughs> it's not further than you go. Going to the gym is not further. There's plenty of time. Plenty of time for that. Oh, I've heard it all before, brother. Same bayan. It's going to be same talk again and again. It doesn't do anything for me. Except those what a disastrous double standard. Hence, are our frail bodies more important than our iman? Think about that. Are our frail bodies more important than our Iman? Mm. So what did the Prophet say? He doesn't look, Allah doesn't look at your wealth and your figures. He looks at your hearts and deeds. Okay. This is the disaster. The two things he's not looking at, we put all our energy into that. Imagine. Not into your wealth, not into your figures. You're obsessed with it. In fact, the West is obsessed with it. You know, health and pesa. That's, you know, my shadow, white his teeth and, you know, six pike. You know, show a guy who's working with from Kobe, right, my shadow. Right? Health and wealth. And is not looking at that. He looks at your hearts and deeds. And the two things he's not looking at, not interested, brother. Not interested. Like one of the scholars jokingly said, he goes, many are more concerned about the whiteness of their teeth than the whiteness of their heart. Why do you brush your teeth? A person goes, I've got to keep healthy teeth. No, really. Really, why are you brushing your teeth? Really. So I was thinking about it. It's because you want people to see that smile. Yeah, yeah, mashallah. 
Because that's why you're doing it for others. That's why you're not bothered about the heart because you can't show it. But imagine if you could see the state of your heart, the blackness of it. You would be working on it day and night, not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Jack and Jill, up the hill. Right, so note again, you know, what a standard in it, astaghfirullah. We seek refuge in Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from all forms of deviation and abomination. I mean, just to add this, I keep saying adding it, but this is important. The Prophet said, when it comes to your deen, look at those higher than you. When it comes to your world, look at those lower than you. Why? Because you aspire to betterness and you show gratitude. This is a dhimmati. So that's a hadith. Yet again, we've reversed it. When it comes to your deen, we look at those lower. Why? Because it makes us feel good. Well, I pray a couple of times. He just is Jummah Khan. He comes for Jummah. Did the Prophet say do that? And when it comes to your dunya, you look at those higher than you. I need to work with them. You're doing everything opposite. That's why the society is in a mess. Astaghfirullah. But we ask Allah the Almighty and Glorious to give us the understanding. Amen. Are there any questions you want to ask?